Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Football Around the World podcast. Today, I'm joined by my good friend and co-host, Cristiano Ronaldo. Gosh. Um, how was your weekend? <laughs> uh, pretty good, pretty good. What do you think of the fixtures? Some tasty ones today that we're going to be talking about. I was pretty happy for the most part. Once again, Barcelona triumphant against Real Madrid. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was a good weekend for me for the most part. Was it? But, you know what? Let's start off with Dortmund versus Augsburg. So this was the first game that disappointed me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because I thought Dortmund, I thought like, you know, it's Augsburg. I thought this was Dortmund's chance to like, just keep their lead uh, against Bayern. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately they did not do that. So I'm saying people like to call Liverpool the bottlers, but. I mean, Liverpool did it too, or doing it too. I mean, we'll, we'll get that I mean, later, th- but... there's a chance that both teams will come back, but we'll talk about it a little bit later. First, focusing on Dortmund. Yeah. So Augsburg with a very weakened squad. Beating Bundesliga leaders two to one, Kuja Chu. I'm sorry if I bottled that, but he scored two goals. The second one being an amazing banger that you guys got mad that I posted on my Snapchat. Oh yeah, that uh, he was like a former Dortmund player, right? Mm-hmm. It was a chip. It was a chip over the goalie, right? Banger. Over Berkey. Jeez. But the goal did come off a defensive mistake from Dortmund. They were kind of sleeping a little. And then Bakal Gasarin got one back in the 81, 81st minute. Um. But it's a little too late. Dortmund was very frustrated, you could tell, by the end of the game. I think he missed, like, another chance, too, right, mm-hmm. in the game? They missed a couple. Uh, no, it was actually a 1v1. Like I said, it was through on goal. But then the goalie just had a really good, like, instinctive, reflexive save. Oh, it was, he was... Yeah. I don't know what that goalie's name is. That guy <laughs> I needs, no clue. needs to be renewed. Guy's amazing. I know. I just saw that save, and I was like, holy crap, like, how do you save that? Like, mm-hmm. if someone were, like, like the Hea Yoris Ederson did that, everyone would be, like, posting it on, uh, oh, yeah. like, social media, like, goalkeeper, like, Instagram pages would be, like, reposting that mm-hmm. save heart. It was a really good save. Mm-hmm. So, Dorman could have... Uh, they could have tied it. Yeah, they could have tied it, but the thing was, they just weren't there mm-hmm. in the end. Any yeah. thoughts? I'm just a little disappointed on Dortmund, mm-hmm. just because I think they were like nine points clear or something like that. At a point, they were like, yeah, like around nine. Yeah, it was like, oh, Dortmund won the league. Like everyone was super, like confident about Dortmund winning it or whatever. Mm-hmm. But then now you look at it and it's like Bayern are tied with them now. The chances of Bayern winning the league now are a lot higher, and Dortmund choking it are a lot higher because Dortmund just in the past seasons they're not like, comfortable, they're not known to be in that top spot yeah. anymore, and Bayern are just so comfortable. Once they get into, like, that first place spot, they're usually never dropped from there. Especially right now, because Dortmund's kind of, like, they're kind of declining Yeah, they're on a the dip and Bayern's going on the up. <clears throat> Even though they had a good game the last week, yeah. um, like, performing Dortmund did, yeah, just this game kind of shows, like, where their form has been going for the most part. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a little disappointed with the result, and that now they're tied in the league. And the chance of Bayern winning it are a lot higher now. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, that was basically the Friday pictures. Um, <laughs> and the next day, we had a really, really, really big game. The North London Derby, Arsenal versus Tottenham. 1-1. This was... I woke up at 6.30. Jose doubted me and told me that I was a fake Arsenal fan if you I didn't wake, wake up. at 6.30. He told me if I didn't wake up at 6.30 a.m. that I'd be a fake Arsenal fan. And so, one, I wanted to watch the game because of North London Derby. And two... I'm not a fake Arsenal fan, and I support my team. Right. So I woke up at 6.30 to prove him wrong. And, uh, I mean, I was, like, disappointed with the game, but at the same time, it was worth waking up for, in my opinion, because it was exciting overall for, I guess, like, both teams. Because, mm-hmm. um, so the game started off, and I think, what's it called? Um, Ramsey scoring, like, the 16th minute or something like that. And um, it was off a nice counterattack. It was basically Arsenal just playing counterattack for the most part. Tottenham had uh, most of the ball. Mm -hmm. But they just couldn't really do anything. They kept crossing it, and Harry Kane couldn't really do anything um, in, like, the first half or whatever. But, yeah, uh, Arsenal had a counterattack. And then Lacazette got the ball and just played Ramsey through. Uh, A lot of people were peeling off sides, but Ramsey was at, like, the halfway line. Oh, yeah, it was before the half. Yeah, so um, Ramsey was played through 1v1 against Yodis, rounded the keeper, put it past them. All the Arsenal fans were super happy, hyped up. Ramsey scoring at Wembley once again, his home stadium, basically. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we were all hyped up, 1-0 or whatever. Um, Ozil, Aubameyang, and Torreira didn't start the game, so a lot of people were, like, wondering, like, what Emery was doing. Um, but you could tell they, they, he wanted to bring him on as, like, super sub or whatever. Yeah. Because, like, that would have been a smart decision. Like, it wasn't a bad decision. It was just kind of questionable. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But the questionable things that did happen was that he brought off Lacazette for Obama Yang. Yeah, I've been telling you guys. I think either both of them play or just keep Lacazette by himself. Because I think Laka had really good chances that he just missed, which was really bad to see, especially because after that one sitter that he missed against, I think it was Bournemouth that they played last week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he missed that sitter, and now against Tottenham, he missed two really good chances that he just couldn't finish or whatever. So I guess I just Laka needs to f- kind of focus on his finishing a little bit more. Yeah, I think but he would have yeah. given more time. The thing is, his, his um, effort that he puts on the field is what... I think should keep him on the field because mm-hmm. he just goes back and defends like like it's nothing. Aubameyang doesn't really do that. He just pressures up top and he just kind of sits up there for the counterattacks for the most part. Yeah, I agree. So I think like you said, like both of them should start or just Lacazette like, should stay in the whole game, mm-hmm. and then Aubameyang should come in for like someone else or whatever. But yeah, Ozil and Torreira got brought on, um, at some point. But the big thing that a lot of Arsenal fans were very upset about oh, here we go was um, <laughs> the Harry Kane penalty that he scored. So basically, it was the play started from a free kick that was given, and Erickson played the ball in, mm-hmm. and um, Harry Kane was offside, and as he was running in, and he jumped up for like in the air for the ball, Mustafi shoved him from behind, which was a clear shove. It, he was on the wrong side of his man or whatever. Yeah. He just he was not going for the ball at all. He just shoved Harry Kane. Harry Kane fell. Referee called it as a foul, and um, at the time. I was not very educated with how the offside and, like, being fouled in the process. Yeah. Uh, like, that rule. I didn't know much about it. And I looked it up, and according to an article by Dutch Referee, uh, they actually talked about the incident. And so, offside means any part of the head, body, or feet in the opponent's half, excluding the halfway line, and any part of the head, body, or feet is near to the opponent's goal line, then both the ball and the second-last opponent, which is simple. I knew that rule. Mm-hmm. But um, according to the laws of the game, 2018-19, a player in an offside position is moving towards the ball with the intention of playing the ball and is fouled before playing or attempting the ball or challenging the opponent for the ball. The foul is penalized as it has occurred before the offside offense. Mm-hmm. So it was the correct decision at the was time. Was it before? Yeah, because he got fouled before he even touched the ball. Okay. And oh, so, yeah, 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 you're right about that. Okay. Yeah, because yeah, Mustafi right. shoved him. Yeah, okay, and I understand that's when that. He fell. All right. So at the time, I was very upset that the referee called it like that, and I thought it was like absurd or whatever. And yeah. then after reading the rules and then like seeing some other things on social media, I've now come to a conclusion that it was a fair draw. Um, Aubameyang did get a chance in the 90th minute to score a penalty to make it 2 1 and uh, win our uh, two out of three derbies mm-hmm. this season. But, um, the foul was super soft, first of all. Yeah, the soft. foul was really yeah. soft. Yeah. <laughs> Davison Sanchez was, was behind him. And I can see, I guess, like, the what the referee thought. Like, mm-hmm. he, he shoved him from behind. But there was no contact in terms of the feet. So, I guess just the shove was pretty much there. But I don't think it was enough to make Aubameyang go to the ground. Yeah. So, Aubameyang kind of flopped a little bit. And this is coming from an Arsenal fan. I wish we would have won. Mm-hmm. But it was a soft penalty, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. And um, he stepped up. Just the way you saw him running up just kind of seemed like he he had, like, lack of confidence, I guess, in the penalty. Mm -hmm. And uh, Yori saved it. uh, Came up big for for Spurs. And uh, stayed 1-1. My question to you, though, uh, in this case, was VAR needed in the Premier League? Do you think it was needed this season? Because there's been other questionable calls, like, throughout the season in the league. Mm -hmm. And so do you think it would have been better if they would have put VAR in this season versus next year? Uh, I mean, it kind of disappoints me that I said we don't really need VAR last week because the past weeks that we've had, I think we've had terrible calls. Yeah, there's overall. some bad ones. <laughs> so just I think it's really bad timing, but I feel like it all kind of just equals out. That's how I kind of see it. Like one game you'll have bad calls, and the next game you'll have call like bad calls, but to your advantage. But yeah, if we would have had VAR this season, it could have changed a couple things, but I don't think the big scheme of things would have changed. Okay. Unless, what do you think about that? I don't know. I feel like this game's only previous games where um I forgot what game it was. We were talking about where there was like a player fouled like clearly inside the box. We were, you were talking about it. There was a player that was clearly fouled inside the box, but the referee said no call and like watching it with so many replays, you can see it's clearly a foul and if VAR would have been used oh, or whatever. Oh, is this Cardiff? I don't remember. I can't remember. I have a really bad memory. But basically like things like that. Cardiff Watford. I feel like I think it was that. Mm-hmm. I don't remember. But I feel like VAR would just change, like, the momentum of things, you know? 
Because, like, if a goal happens, it'll change the momentum. Like, yeah. if a certain team takes a lead or if they come back and tie, I feel like the result of the game will overall change. Mm-hmm. That's just the way I see it. So I feel like if VAR would have been implemented this year, it w- like, the season, not overall, like, the league leaders wouldn't be, um, I guess, man. So like the big scheme point. of things. Think about yeah, the, the big same. scheme of things. Wouldn't change, but I feel like a couple of results here and there would change, like, mid-table positions a little bit more. Okay. Maybe relegation sides, I don't know. All right. Do you think VAR makes the game softer? Because I feel like it makes the game a lot softer. Um, I feel like a little bit because a lot of, uh, like, soft fouls that happen are, like, when you look at the replay or whatever, it looks a lot harder. It looks worse in a... In a slow motion than it yeah. does like in real time and so I feel like when referees look at that and they're seeing it in slow motion they're like oh yeah like you know this is, that's a pretty bad foul or like if you step if you step on someone mm-hmm. and it's like studs up or whatever it, it'll look worse than if it were to be in real time yeah like for example like the Killini one it, that was there's no bar that there's no way that the Morata and Killini yeah, the, push the, the, there's no the way that it's called I don't know there's some been some questionable referee decisions Overall, throughout the season in like yeah. multiple leagues, mm-hmm. but um, sometimes VAR catches it, sometimes it doesn't. In the Premier League, overall, VAR hasn't been able to catch it because it hasn't been implemented yet. Mm-hmm. So we'll see next season how it goes. It'll be nice to see how it works in the Premier League at least, because we know how it works in every other league. Yeah, but it'll we'll see how it works in Premier League, especially because it's a lot tougher. I guess you could say it's a lot more aggressive and physical. So we'll see how it goes. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, the. F- Next game, Saturday, on, in the Premier League, I mean, uh, was Burnley-Crystal. Crystal were triumphant 3-1. The first goal was an own goal, uh, basically two balls just across the six-yard box, and the ball was just ended up getting pushed in by one of the defenders. Uh, the second goal came from a powerful shot um, that was just scored. I forgot by who, but it was scored by someone. And then the third goal from Crystal came with quick feet from Zaha. This was a really good goal. I don't know if you caught the Crystal no, game. But, oh my gosh, Zaha. This, he completely like destroyed both defenders. Basically sent him to the shops hard. He uh, did a fake shot one way, did a fake shot another way. It looked like on the sec- after the second fake shot, he was actually going to shoot it. Mm-hmm. But he brought it back the other side. And the Burnley defenders were left for dead. He just finished it like hard and low past the goalie. Uh, but Burnley, uh, towards the end of the game, brought one back by... Uh, on Ashley Barnes header, but it just wasn't enough on the day. And overall, around the park, uh, just Crystal Palace looked a lot better than Brindley. Okay. Yeah, that's basically it. Uh, I didn't really catch too much of the game, but I saw the Zaha goal, so it was pretty good, pretty decent. Uh, the next one we got is uh, Bright- Brighton versus Huddersfield. Sorry, uh, Brighton winning 1-0. Brighton looked pretty decent and better than Huddersfield for a majority of the game. The only goal... Of the game came from an Andone uh, goal, which uh, is bringing Brighton away from the relegation zone. Yeah. So it was a big win for them um, in terms of where they are in the table. I think they sit like 15th. Yeah, they're probably around, around there. Yeah, they're around the area. I know they have like 30, 31 points or something like that. But um, there was controversy, like how we were talking about before with VAR or whatever. Yeah. It was a controversial call. It looked like Andone uh, was brought down. And the referee gave no call. Uh, basically, he had turned his defender and Andone got dragged down. But the defender touched the ball before Andone got completely dragged down to the ground. But you could tell he was like holding on to him so that he wouldn't go through like towards goal. Mm-hmm. It was like around the edge of the box uh, on the right side. So yeah, he was brought down in my opinion. It could be called both ways, but I thought it was a penalty. Because he was like hugging him basically. And then he made a tackle for the ball. Yeah, And Andone was like... What the heck? And the referee said no call or whatever. I thought it was a clear call. But yeah, that game ended 1-0. Brighton looking on the up. Huddersfield on the way down, most likely. And yeah, next game we got Man City versus Bournemouth. Uh, Man City winning 1-0 and had a total of 23 shots the whole game, but only 7 on target, which in my opinion is kind of poor for Man City standards. Yeah. Um, But Bournemouth had a grand 0 shots all game. Which, I mean, Eddie Howe has done pretty good. The uh, season and like every other season with Bournemouth, in my mm-hmm. opinion, he's been bringing them on the up. What Bournemouth are doing, you don't really expect of them. So Eddie Howe has been pretty good this season. But the thing is, you just have to put at least like one or two shots on Man City. Yeah, they have the players to get shots off too. It's yeah, they, they, they just needed something. But it was really hard when Man City had the ball like literally the whole game. They had yeah. eighty more than 80% possession 
the whole game. But um, Mars, who was brought on for KDB, uh, was the only goal scorer of the game. Uh, it was like a lot of bounces around the box. David Silva just kind of playing one twos with the Bournemouth defenders, kind yeah. of. It was it was really weird. It was a weird goal. I don't know if you saw it. Yeah, I did see it. But uh, David Silva eventually got the ball to Riyad Mars, who was uh towards the near post, and he just kind of finished it uh first time, um right past, what's the name Burridge, mm-hmm. at the near post. But yeah, the defenders did okay to keep it 1-0 against Man City. Um, KDB was taken off because he, like, buckled his knee while he was trying to go for, like, a through ball yeah. like, past the defense. And he buckled his knee, and he felt like, I guess he felt something on his hamstring, which is what his, his injury has been about. So he, um, he told the physios or whatever, and he wanted to get taken off because he wanted to be cautious about it. So, yeah, hopefully it's not too bad. KDB, I feel bad. Um, a lot of people are saying... Like, hopefully he doesn't become, like, the next uh, Vincent Company, yeah. actually, because um, they're both Belgium. They're both from Belgium, Belgium. sorry. Mm-hmm. And then um, they're both at Man City, because that's basically what companies like, career has kind of been about. Like, injuries, coming back strong, and then injury again. It's kind of, like, derailed his career a little bit. But he's still done pretty well mm-hmm. at Man City. And hopefully that doesn't happen to KDB, because I really like watching him. I think he's a world-class player. Agreed. So, yeah. Uh, 1-0 Man City against Bournemouth. And it takes us to our next game. Man U versus Southampton, which ended 3-2 in favor of Man U. Valeri scoring a screamer in the 25th minute. Even though I kind of feel um, David De Gea was a little responsible. Um, yeah. Do you agree or no? I mean, that that shot, it just had so much power on it. The swerve on it, too. Like, where the Gea was positioned, it was a good enough spot for if the ball didn't have any like outside curl on it, mm-hmm. he would have had good hand on it. The thing was, it was just it had so much movement on the ball that like the last second it just kind of moved to the left, I guess in his eyes and and the yeah. guy's eyes, it moved too much to the left, and by the time he was there, like it wasn't enough mm-hmm. of a hand to to keep the ball out. So yeah, it was a really nice shot uh, from Valeri. Yeah, I think he was capable of saving it, like giving like four more tries, but he saved like two out of those four. But it was a really powerful shot, so I don't really completely blame him. And then Southampton played very, really, like really, really well against Man U. Was a little undeserving of going home with zero points. Um, Andres Pereira scoring a screamer at the fifty second minute. Looks oh like a finesse shot. R one circle. That was some time finishing from FIFA nineteen. Mm-hmm. Jeez, that was such a good shot. Uh, Luke Shaw looked really mad when he didn't get the ball. Yeah. If you're watching the the game or whatever, Luke Shaw was asking for the ball because he made a, a really nice uh run. run, and he was all alone and he could have maybe whipped across him, but Pereira decided to just have a shot. And you could tell Shaw was kind of disappointed. He was mad that he took the shot, but then he saw it go top bins, and then he, he like literally ran towards him and he started celebrating with him. Yeah, crazy goal. And then warp. No, actually, fiftieth minute, Lukaku scored a goal to make it two one. Just a uh, kind of common Lukaku goal, just finding the net. He's a little lucky. Yeah, Lukaku's picking up form a little bit since he uh, who's who's all injured? Martial, Lingard, is Rashford fit? No, Rashford's injured, right? Rashford's. Hatcher's like but half fit. He's like, yeah. He's playing but like 75% also. Yeah. So Lukaku's did really well to replace, uh, I guess, the front three mm-hmm. overall. He's banging in some goals. So so that's good to see for him for, and for his, uh, just an overall for his confidence. Mm-hmm. And then Ward Prowse scored an amazing free kick to make it 2 2 in the 74th minute. Um, the commentators are kind of hyping up. They're like, oh, no. Te gusta, te gusta. They always say that Telemundo or whatever. Oh, yeah. And then. He did score it. Which was a How such a banger. Oh my gosh. It's like literally those goals that South Andrews scored. It's like you'll never see those, like all the goals that were scored. They were so nice overall yeah. throughout the whole game. I think it was such an exciting game to watch. But then, 80th minute, Jose. Kaku, you know, score another one. Back to his regular Kaku stuff to avoid a one point scare against Southampton. Um, Pogba. The penalty? Yeah. One of our classic Pogba pen. He could have gave it to Lukaku. That's a lot of people were saying. Yeah, I thought he was going to give it to Lukaku, right? Because, like, your mate's on a hat trick. Come on. Yeah. You got to give it to him. You got to give him the hat trick, you know? But Pogba's like, you know what? I want to get on the no, score. No, I was happy. I'm like, okay, Pogba, he's on my fantasy team. Both of them. Okay, take the pen, score the goal. Let's call it a day. You know what? Classic Pogba. Missing it. <sighs> yeah, I don't know. I think right now in our fantasy draft league that we have, I'm ahead of you by two points. Two points. Two points is what separates us. In the regular fantasy, do you have Aubameyang and Pogba? 
Do you have any of them? Yeah. Because a lot of, a lot of people were getting mad because they had both of them. Yeah, I captained... Defense. I think I captained Bogba. Does that double them? I don't, I don't know if it... Does it double the loss? Probably. Probably does. Damn. So... Right, that's unfortunate. So, pretty annoying to see Southampton lose in the way they did. I feel so bad. Screamers yeah. and probably just like the whole atmosphere, like in the crowd, they probably thought they were, they were going to go for it. Especially the tough schedule they have up next. But if they keep on playing like they did this game... I'm pretty sure that they should be able to avoid relegation because Cardiff isn't doing too hot. I hope they do. They're a pretty fun side to watch overall. Yeah. Yeah, next game, we got Wolves versus Cardiff. Uh, Wolves, like I said before, I like watching Wolves play. Mm-hmm. They're a pretty exciting team overall, especially in this season. They've done pretty well uh, for their first season back in the Premier League. But yeah, uh, Jota, who was signed from Atletico uh, Madrid last season, uh, he scored to get Wolves off the mark. It was beautiful tiki-taka play from Jimenez, Jota, and Gibbs-White, and Jota, who had finished it off. It was it was literally the one of the best goals I've seen him score. Mm-hmm. It was like, have you seen the, um, I think it was Arsenal against Norwich? The goal where uh, it goal? was Giroud, Santi Cazorla, and Wilshire like, doing like tiki-taka yeah, play, yeah, yeah. and then Wilshire's through. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that good, but it kind of like made me think of that like, goal. Like reminisce. Yeah, it made me reminisce uh, that goal because it was literally, uh, I think it was Willy Bolly, like brought the ball up from the halfway line. It started at the halfway line, and then I think he passed it to Gibbs White, who passed it to Jimenez, and Jimenez and Jota, or no, it was the other way around. Jimenez brought the ball up and passed it to Gibbs White. Jimenez and Jota played a 1-2 with each other. It was literally first touch, or one touch the whole way through. Mm-hmm. And then Jota just finished it off. Keeper got a touch to it, but it wasn't enough to keep the ball because it was a hard shot. And when the bottom left corner, it was a really nice goal to see. Uh, we'll score that. And then two minutes later, um, I think Sol Bamba had the ball at the uh, touchline. And then he was trying to dribble the, the, the attackers for some reason. I don't know why. He was on, like, on some Gerard Piquet yeah, stuff. Yeah, that's Piquet. Yeah, he was doing some Piquet stuff. And he was trying to dribble. He dribbled past one of them. And he was at the touchline. He tried dribbling past Jimenez. He tried pulling the ball around him and running around Jimenez. Jimenez read it, got the ball, ran past on the on the left flank in, I guess, Wolves' uh, perspective. And then he, like, it looked like he was going to chip the goalie, but he was actually chipping it towards... um. Jota, I think it was. Yeah. And then Jota just played the header back towards Jimenez. And so the goalie was scrambling, I guess, both ways. Mm-hmm. And he, uh, Jimenez basically passing it to an empty net. Yeah. yeah. It was a really good second goal. So Bamba, I don't know what the hell he was doing. <laughs> Honestly, I couldn't tell you. But yeah, we were scoring goals 2 pretty comfortably. <laughs> yeah, basically 2-0 for uh, Wolves. All right, and then the next game was West Ham versus Newcastle. Um, if you've unfortunately missed this game... Um, you didn't really miss much. Is it unfortunate then? <laughs> no, it really isn't. You should be fortunate, actually. This game, in my opinion, was an absolute snooze fest. Um, not sure if you mean any of the West Ham fans or Newcastle fans, but this is what it was. Um, really boring game. Early goal from Declan Rice at the 7th minute. Newcastle was horrible the entire game. Never really created anything whatsoever with Miguel Almiron or anything. Yeah. In the 42nd minute, Javier Chicharito Hernandez, most overrated Mexican player of all time, was oh brought down for a penalty. It wasn't really a penalty. It was more of he flopped like a fish. But, you know, my dad was missing watching the game, and he thought it was an obvious foul, but, you know, his inner Mexican coming out. <laughs> and then Mark Noble made no mistake. He usually always cons- converts his penalties. And then game got really boring. Stopped watching 70th minute to play Apex Legends with Christian for a classical. Yeah, I wanted to recharge my batteries because sometimes when I watch too much soccer, or football, I guess, depending on where you're watching, if I watch too much football... I just kind of get, like, a little bored. Yeah. Unless the, the games are, like, back-to-back-to-back entertaining, I'll watch it, like, fully awake. But sometimes, like, in the morning, because I was up at 6.30, like, I was, like, falling in and out of, like, the Man U Southampton when I was watching mm-hmm. it. I was, like, in and out of sleep, like, closing my eyes, like, waking up, like, two minutes later. And, and like, sometimes I just can't watch that much, like, soccer, like, TV. Yeah, I understand. Back-to-back. Yeah, like, so I needed a break. Us. So I needed a break. So I started playing video games, and then... I guess Jose decided to join me at some point because I guess West Ham and Newcastle was a boring game. So glad I was playing video games instead of watching that then. So yeah, next game, the big one that I was waiting for and that I turned off the video games for, Real Madrid versus Barcelona. Barcelona winning 1-0. Super happy. This is, I think, four consecutive times that they have won at the Bernabeu. Mm -hmm. Training ground. Yep, it's Barcelona's training ground. 
basically the Bernaleo. Um, it was a it was a really good performance from Barcelona. I was so happy. Defensive wise, I know a lot of um, fans were really mad at Valverde for being such a defensive coach and not really going on the offense. But this kind of shows why Valverde does what he does mm-hmm. and is so defensive. Because against a team like Real Madrid, who uh, last game in the Copa del Rey, they were so offensive, Real Madrid was, and they were kind of breaking through the lines. But the thing was, just the tidiness in the back just kind of kept Barcelona like in the game overall. Like Vinicius didn't look as dangerous as he did in the Copa game, but he was still doing stuff. Same yeah. thing with Benzema. Bale got the start, right? Yeah, he got the yeah, start. Yeah, Bill got the start, but he didn't really do that much. But still, like, Valverde and uh, Barcelona's defense were, were overall pretty good the whole game. Pique, in my opinion, uh, was the man of the match for the game. A little controversial, you know, running the ball down the line. I don't know what he was doing there. Oh, but... yeah. Oh, I forgot when that was. <laughs> I, I think it was in the second half, but he was doing, yeah, I don't know half. what the heck he was doing. <laughs> he was doing some stupid Pique stuff. <laughs> He always does that too. Like I don't know why for some reason. I was he confused. Just, he decides to be a striker sometimes. He was so close to Ter Stegen. I'm like, wait, is Ter Stegen gonna pick it up? What's going on? He's kept on running. I'm yeah, like, he ran whatever. from the left side of Barcelona's defense. Yeah. He ran across the goal, all the way to the right side, mm-hmm. and then he just decided. Did he get the ball taken off him? He did. Yeah, they got, yeah, he got the ball taken off of him, and then I think. Long delay came up big, and he just uh, got the ball out for a corner, mm-hmm. and then Pique was kind of sitting there like, yeah, I did that. Like I don't care. He does that so much, too. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Uh, Barcelona were very dominant in this game compared to the Copa game where they absolutely did nothing but just got 3-0. But in this game, they dominated the game and got the 1-0, which is enough uh, to put them ahead of Real Madrid, I think, with 12 points or something like that. 12-11, somewhere around 12, 13. there. I don't know, in that ballpark. But I know there are 10 points uh, before Atleti played it. I know there are 10 points uh, past Atleti, so that's... Uh, from first to second, 10 points, mm-hmm. which is pretty good for me as a Barcelona fan. Uh, Rakitic is the better Croatian on the pitch. He's the best one on I there agree. compared to Modric. Mm-hmm. Um, he basically just chipped Courtois. Courtois had a pretty good performance too. Um, I guess me as like a... Better than his usual self. Yeah, he did better, better than what a lot of people expected him to do because mm-hmm. a lot of people are just kind of hating on Courtois, especially me because I, th- I prefer Navas over Courtois. I, me too, so... But, um, yeah, Rakitic had a really good chip uh, over Courtois to just keep the lead, or mm-hmm. just to take the lead, I mean. And, yeah, that's basically all she wrote. It stayed at 1-0 the whole game. But it was pretty entertaining overall. Um, anything you want to talk about? Yeah, just a couple takeaways. Um, Real Madrid, I just think the team is simply not good enough. I don't know if that means they have to buy players, put in some players that they're not using, like Isco or something. Um, do you think anything about that? you think they're not good enough? I think or? Bale should leave. Yeah, I was going to say that next. Bale, we, I think we Bale talked about that leave. last week. Bale needs to leave because he's crying all the time about how he doesn't get minutes. But then he played that game yeah, he didn't and do he anything. did nothing. I forgot I did he not was see in. Anything of Bale. Like, Lucas Vasquez probably would have done a lot more if he would have started. So, yeah, I forgot he was in. Yeah, Bale didn't really do much. Um, Let's see. Isco. Isco got subbed on and he looked good when he was on the field. But, I mean, it was, was kind of, like, too late. Barcelona's, yeah, like defense, Barcelona's defense was just, like, too tight in the back for Isco to really break through or anyone really to break through mm-hmm. and have a clear-cut chance. But, yeah, I don't know. Anything else? Yeah, I think Vinicius is showing his talent. He's pretty good, not going to lie. The issue I have with him is his runs don't really end in much. Like, his crosses aren't there. Doesn't really like not very good think, at finishing yet. I, I think the know. crosses that he does, he just kind of goes for the cross and hopes someone will be there. Yeah. And then like his, sh- in terms of shooting, it's just awful. He mm-hmm. needs to work on his finishing, and I think, give it like one or two years, he'll be considered. I guess the next like in quotes Mbappe. Yeah. Because he he has the talent to be there, you know, mm-hmm. like and like make everyone like have, like I guess what people expect from Mbappe. Yeah. The same thing from Vinny. I think it's there. He just needs to work on his finishing, basically. Yeah, he's got time, so I'm not really worried about it. Yeah, I think he'd be a really good player for Real Madrid, especially mm-hmm. if, if he signs ends up signing like a long, long-term contract. Just like, I don't know. I guess he can be up there in goals and stuff. Yeah. Like Ronaldo. Okay, and then the next game in the Bundesliga, uh, Bayern title to league leaders Dortmund beat Mönchengladbach, who are in third place, very comfortably 5-1, correct? Correct. So it's 5-1. Goals coming from Javi Martinez, uh, Thomas Muller, I think. Um, Nabri. Nabri. And then Lewandowski scored two. Correct. All right. So it's Bayern won 5-1 very comfortably. 
Uh, I'm just kind of showing what the, I guess, why they've been uh, title holders for the past, I think, like six seasons or Good something. Like years, I don't know. So. Something really ridiculous like that. But yeah, Gladbach didn't really do much throughout the game. They just basically got battered. Uh, who got their only goal? I didn't catch the game, but who got their only goal? Their only goal came from their captain. Oh, is... Lars Stindl. Yeah, yep. yeah. Okay, yeah, I remember now. Lars Stindl mm-hmm. did score one. Um, but yeah, basically that was it. Bayern really um, showing why they're so dominant in the Bundesliga. Mm-hmm. Just kind of running past uh, Gladbach. So yeah, we're going to move on to our favorite MLS team. The one that both Jose and I support. Colorado Rapids versus our favorite team, Portland Timbers. You want to take over? Yeah, I'll take over real quick. So it's the coldest game in MLS history. Very cold and snowy the whole game. It made it really entertaining and fun to watch for my first game, watching the Portland Timbers. Um, 15th minute goal from Alan Kamara. Just pretty easy goal. Just the usual pass, shoot, went in the... I don't know what to say. Uh, wow, very descriptive. 24th minute, Timbers got the ball behind the net, but was called back for penalty due to handball. So basically, the ball went in, but some guy dove to stop it with his hand with the defenders. Okay. And then it went in, but the thing is, they called it back because there was an offside when it went in. And then the Colorado Rapids um, players were really mad. They're like, oh, check VAR, check VAR. It wasn't a handball, or wasn't intentional, or whatever it is. Okay. They checked VAR, and it went from bad to worse. Um, it was a penalty, and their defender. Okay, so got the, the referee called the handball, right? Correct. They call he called it not offside. Right. Okay, basically the ball went in at first. Okay? Yes. It was a handball and it bounced around and it went in. The thing is, he called it back for a handball penalty, because okay. the goal that they scored after the handball was offside, so it wouldn't count. Okay. A little hard to explain. I think I got you a little bit. No, I caught the highlights or whatever because I wasn't able to get to, like, watch the game because yeah. I was at work. But I saw the highlights. I did see the handball, which is really stupid from the defender, first of all. Mm-hmm. He was, like, pulling some Luis Suarez yeah. stuff. So it's so he, early. Yeah, I know. Like, they still could have came back or whatever. Um, But the defender touched it, and I saw the penalty. I saw, like, converted it, and I saw that guy got sent off, basically. Mm-hmm. But they were, like, complaining, like, how it, w- it wasn't, like... A foul or whatever. It wasn't on purpose. Like, the handle yeah, yeah. wasn't on purpose or whatever. Yeah. And, like, they were saying, like, check bar. And got a red card. Yeah, he got a red so, card. It was so. worse. Yeah. And then the 20th minute, Valerie's penalty they did they took um, was saved by veteran Tom Howard. Tim Howard. Tom Howard, <laughs> my favorite goalie. <laughs> Tim Howard. But when he saved it, he kind of pushed it back in front of Valeri. Um, Not really his fault. The ball was kind of hard, cold, you know, just usual slippery. conditions. And slippery. And Valeri made no mistake the second time, making it 1-1. And then Portland got another goal to make it 2-1 from a corner. Um, it was a little, like, miscommunication with the mixed effects of the bad weather. It kind of just slipped through someone, just, ni- like, nibbled, like the commentator said, and went in. Um, so it was 2-1 going into the second half. In the beginning of the second half, due to some Portland players slipping around, Colorado tied the game, making it 2-2. Then the 65th minute, the Timbers crossed the ball on the ground towards the box. As the commentator said, it took a little nibble <laughs> on, a, on a Rapids defender and went in for an own goal. And then 93rd minute, three minutes um, of injury time. Colorado's like, scrambling around the area, desperate for a goal. Shot at the keeper, and the keeper sadly pushed the ball to open Rapids, def- um, not defender, but forward. Equalizing the game to make it 3-3. And it was his first game. MLS. And um, like I was saying before, or like I was going to tell you actually, it's our, I guess your first game as a Timbers fan, my first game watching highlights as a Timbers fan, mm-hmm. and a 3-3, pretty exciting for our first game, yeah. I guess you could say, and pretty historical too, because it was the coldest game like you said, mm-hmm. I saw a lot of pictures where it was like, oh, coldest game in MLS history, and then it was the referee, it was a picture of the referee, and his eyebrows were frozen, and looked yeah. like they have like, icicles, like, coming off of mm-hmm. his eyebrows, and his hair was all white, and, like, it was, like, sticking up, because it was, like, frozen, too, so it wouldn't go back down. Pretty harsh conditions to play in. Yeah, during halftime, they had to shovel the, the lines. Yeah, did they paint them, too? They painted them, but they had to shovel them at halftime, and then yeah, had, I think they switched to an orange ball. Yeah, they switched to an orange ball, I saw that, and then I saw, I think, did they paint the lines orange, though, too, or no? I didn't see that. I just saw them shovel the lines. Because I know sometimes when uh, some, like in other leagues, like they expect snow, they paint the lines orange. Oh, so, really? Yeah, so you can see it mm-hmm. or whatever. 
But I did see that, like, they uh, shoveled the lines and then the penalty area, how it had, like, a little square around it. So if people mm-hmm. took a spot kick or whatever, um, they'd be able to take it correctly instead of slipping or something. But yeah, I don't know. Pretty horrible conditions. I don't know, like, what the temperature was or anything. It was pretty, pretty negative, pretty sure. Really? Yeah. Dang, that's bad. I don't In Colorado. You wouldn't think, like, they'd play that, you know? Oh, that's how it is in the USA right now. Global warming. What do you want me to say? I don't know. Yeah. Pretty interesting game, 3-3. Three, three. Uh, as we move on to Watford-Lesser, Jose, you want to go ahead and talk about that? All right, so yeah, just Brendan Rodgers' first game managing the Lesser team ended in a defeat, 2-1. to one. Andre Gray scoring it in the 92nd minute, taking off his shirt when he celebrated because I guess he's that happy, who knows. Watford doing pretty good. I think, do they keep their 7th place spot in the league? Cause I know they're seventh, or they were seventh. Uh, well, if they keep on playing the way they are, they probably will. But yeah, Troy Dini scoring the first one, Vardy scoring the second one to tie up the game, and then like you said, Andre Gray, just being really happy after scoring the match-winning goal, taking mm-hmm. off his shirt, celebrating like a wild man that he is. We're just gonna move past that, I guess. Wait, one, one, one quick thing. Okay, hold on. May fourth, nine a.m. You know what that is? Um, I'm assuming it's. Man City versus Leicester. Correct. That's okay. the day Brendan Rodgers can do us right and win Liverpool the title. That's... Save the date. Save the date. Okay, so basically what you're saying is Liverpool are going to win the rest of their games Correct. and Man City are going to win the rest of their games up to the Leicester game and then Leicester's going to beat City so that they drop points and Liverpool wins the Amen. league and Brendan Rodgers will be a Liverpool legend. Correct. Okay. I get you. I see where you're coming from. May 4th. Save the date? Save the date. May- right. 9 a.m. Wait. What time zone? 9 a.m. Central Time. Wisconsin Time. There you go. Now you know. All right. We're going to move on to Fulham versus Chelsea. Ewine looking better and better as he uh, got his first goal of the game. His third of the season. Aspilicueta basically crossed it to Ewine and he just finished it comfortably with a header. Doing what he does. Uh, it was kind of like a poacher's finish, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. He uh, he was next to the Fulham defender. And then once he saw that Aspilicueta was even going to think about crossing it in, he made a run, leaving his defender a little bit behind him. And then basically got a free header, uh, finished it far post. Uh, Callum Chambers uh, tying the game, making it 1-1. He was left alone at the back post, and he scored off of a corner. And then Jorginho scoring before the half to take the lead. It was a really nice finish from Jorginho. And then... In the last couple of minutes, Ryan Sessegnon did get a goal, but it was ruled offside, which was correct. It was a correct decision. But the big takeaways from this game was Kepa was back in goal, in goal sorry, and um, he made a lot of big saves against Mitrovic and uh, the rest of the forwards. Mitrovic had a really good game. It's just that he didn't finish his chances, which if that was like Mitrovic from the beginning of the season, he would have easily slotted all those past Kepa. The thing was, I just don't know what was wrong with them and what was up with Kepa. Because I think he, he kind of had like a point to prove mm-hmm. as to why he should be starting. But yeah, Kepa came up big. So that was one. Uh, my second big takeaway from this game, Jorginho coming up big. Do you think it was kind of just like him like, all, like proving his haters wrong? I think it's kind of just been this whole scapegoat this whole season. Like he's to blame, but like not as much as he is. So when he does perform, I feel like it kind of like overshadowed. Yeah, he basically just came up big with that goal or whatever. So I think he... Just kind of proved his haters wrong a little bit uh, to get Chelsea the lead and win them the game. Yeah, Fulham just had so many chances in the game, and they just couldn't finish any of them, which is mm-hmm. really disappointing to see because this would have brought them a little bit up in terms of, like, their points. Yeah. But it wasn't going to do anything huge for them. But still, it's just really disappointing to see that Fulham just, they have their chances, they just can't finish them. And it's also, like I said before, Kepa just putting a really good performance in and uh, getting in the starting 11 again. I feel like you could say that about their whole season. Fulham? Yeah. Just the good chances they just don't finish it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Fulham going down for sure at Pretty this much. point. Yeah. Nine games left in the season. And Fulham, I think we got Huddersfield. They would, they would have to make some miracles happen. Fulham? Yeah. They'd have to win the rest of the games. And then they would just have to hope for the rest of like the, I guess the last uh, four or five to just drop points all the way. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think that's going to happen though. Fulham going down. And then on to... Uh, Jose's favorite game of the weekend, not Everton favorite, but... versus Liverpool. I did catch the game. I know you did not, but 
We can kind of cooperate on this. Yeah, it was a really bad overall result for Liverpool. Mm-hmm. They looked very good all over the field, but Everton looked just as good against Liverpool. Basically, it was just kind of like a 50-50 game. You could tell Everton were going for it just because... Uh, like they had nothing saying, to lose. Yeah, they really didn't have anything to lose. They looked like a really good Everton side. Bernard, everything was going through him, as well as... I'm trying to think. Who's Everton striker? Oh, Richarlison did really good in the game. Um, Wasn't he subbed on? Yeah, he was subbed on before, but once he came on, he did pretty good. Mm-hmm. He, he was leaving Andy Robertson in the dust. Oh, okay. Yo, I'm not joking. Andy Robertson just like, I pretty tired. It, but I towards, doubt it. No, he, he no one can was do that just super tired towards the end of the game, I feel. Because he was just kind of making those runs. Salah missing some really huge chances. Who else? Tosun, the Everton striker, had a really good chance to give him the lead. He's not good enough. I, honestly, I don't know why they signed him for so much. I was hyped up when I saw him because I knew he did like pretty decent at Besiktas. Yeah. Thing was, I don't know, he just hasn't really lived up to the potential. Gilfried Sigurdsson did okay. The biggest chance I think for Everton was when um I think it was Richarlison crossed one in. To and Bernard. Then, yeah, to Bernard, yeah, and then uh, it was literally inches away, and Bernard like went in for the slide just to get like a little tap in to finish it. Mm-hmm. But it, he was literally just inches, centimeters away, mm-hmm. uh, from scoring the goal. But it just wasn't enough. Too short, I guess. But yeah, overall, Liverpool just really didn't look that good. Their front three didn't. I think uh, Dival Corrigi got the start. Salah started, but he didn't really do that good. Mane, I don't know, just pulling a normal Mane performance. You don't know what, what? you're going to get from him. Oh. It's like he's just going to do really good. Like he did last week when he scored that back heel. I don't know where that came from. And then he's just going to put in a performance like this where he'll do things, but he just won't have an end product. Salah having a really good chance where he was uh, one-on-one against the goalie. Pickford. And he had a really bad touch. Really awful touch. And I feel like it's just kind of the pressure of, like, the fans getting to Liverpool, mm. in my opinion. I think it's just the pressure of, like, your league leaders don't slip up. And then Salah has a touch like that. It's literally, like, uh, that touch will decide you a game, you know? Because, mm-hmm. like, if he has, a like, a softer touch and he, he scores that goal, it's 1-0 Liverpool. They're keeping the lead. Yeah. Van Dyke was super frustrated with his defense the whole game. You could tell he was pissed. He was not having it. Yeah. He was so mad. Every single clearance that he got, every single tackle that he had, he looked back, and you could just tell in his eyes he was so tired of just being, like, the anchor man for that Liverpool defense. He was just, he was done. And then you could tell, like, at the end of the game, like, Klopp came up to everyone and was just, like, giving everyone high fives. Van Dyke saw him, and he was just like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not happy with this result. You could tell he mm-hmm. was super mad about keeping it 0-0, I guess, the whole game. But Everton had such a good defensive performance, they didn't let anyone through, really, for the most part. But yeah, I know you didn't catch the game, but do you want to say anything about your beloved Liverpool team slipping up? Oh, well, back on Virgil van Dijk, um, after the game, he was interviewed, and he said it says a lot at the end that they were celebrating a 0-0. So you could tell he's frustrated, which kind of frustrates me because Everton really has nothing to play for in the season. They could have just had an iffy season so far. Yeah. So it's kind of annoying that they celebrated 0 0 like it's a World Cup final, like Globe said, but. Well, I mean, like, if you're if you're Liverpool, right? Let's say it was the other way around. Let's say Everton are going for the league, which would probably never happen in the next few years. Never happen. But Everton, like, are on top, right? And then they play Liverpool. And as a Liverpool fan, you basically keep them off of their course. Mm-hmm. from being league leaders and get Man City at the top so that Everton won't win the Prem. Yeah. Would you be celebrating? Yeah, I'd like to say no, but this never happened to me, so I wouldn't know how to live it, you know? I think all Liverpool fans would be super excited, like, if they were to derail Everton from winning a league or just, like, something of that, I guess, like, tier. But I don't know. I think Everton kind of have the right to celebrate to just kind of keep their rivals off of the Premier League title for a little bit. Yeah, I and as know, I said we'll before, I feel like the first Everton Liverpool game, one at Anfield, I feel like that was kind of like the 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 down rail of Everton. And I feel like this game is more like the going up from here. For Everton? Yeah. So you think they're gonna put in good performances? I think if they play like this, I think they should be able to. Where are they now on the table? I think they're actually tenth place in the league. I don't know. Uh, they're actually behind, or they're ahead. Sorry, they're in tenth place. They're ahead of Leicester, Bournemouth, Crystal, Newcastle. And then right above Everton are West Ham, Watford, Wolves in 9th, 8th, and 7th. Mm-hmm. Which is not bad for Everton, I guess. But they still haven't had their, like, 
I guess I, they started off really well and then they just kind of went, like you said, in like a little like downturn. Yeah. But yeah, we're going to move on to a big game in Syria. Juventus versus Napoli in the Italian derby. I will say though, Davide uh, Astori, it was his one year death uh, from a cardiac arrest, sorry, uh, which is an abrupt loss of heart function. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was number 13 and it was like his one year anniversary since his death. So all the games in Syria had a pause at the 13th minute and everyone applauded at the 13th minute. So which was really nice to see, which happened in the Juventus versus Napoli. So that's what, what happened in the 13th minute there. But um, the first goal came from a bad uh, back pass from Malqui, which was a uh, right back um, for Napoli. And it kind of led to Ronaldo just taking the ball away. He kind of tapped the ball past uh, the Napoli goalie, which was uh, Murray. Murray came in with a kind of studs up. I don't know. He went for a slide for the ball, but Ronaldo kind of flopped. I mean, kind of. Okay, he flopped. Did he touch him? No, he didn't. Exactly. He didn't touch him. So Ronaldo flopped, and flopped. then, but it was out to the area. But the referee gave a red card to the goalie and a free kick because it wasn't in the area. But Pjanic scored off of the free kick uh, to put the old lady 1-0 up. And uh, like I said before, I didn't think it was a tackle because he didn't touch Ronaldo at all. And you said there's, there's VAR, right? Yeah, there is VAR. And the referee decided not about. to review, which was a little controversial. Um, and then Emery Chan did double their lead off of a corner. Um, and then a little bit later, Pjanic was sent off um, because of a handball in the middle of the field, in my opinion, which was pretty harsh. It was kind of like um, the Napoli player was going for a pass, and then Pjanic had his arm out, probably like, not even like a foot away from his arm. It's not like he like went to go stop the ball, you know? Yeah. He just had it in like a more unnatural position, but it was still kind of next to him. The ball hit his hand, and then the referee gave him a second yellow and sent him off, which, okay. like I said before, was pretty harsh, I thought. But then... um. Gaihon pulled him back, and then the controversial thing was a handball in the box by Alexandro, which awarded Napoli a penalty. Some people were saying it was harsh because it was so close. The ball hit Alexandro, and he was so close to the ball that a lot of people were saying, like, you know, that's a little harsh because the things that decides handballs are distance, uh, unnatural position, and then um, just overall if it was intentional. Yeah. And so... It wasn't intentional, you could tell by Alexandro, because he was just trying to, like, get his body in the way, but his mm-hmm. arm was away from his body, so it was unintentional, though, um, and then the distance just between the, like, where the person was, sh- was, like, trying to get the cross in, I guess, and Alexandro, it was too short of a distance for him to even react and try to get his arm away, and so, I, th- in my opinion, I think it was a, it was a harsh call for a penalty, but nonetheless, it, uh, it was called for a penalty, and Insignia did hit the post, so he could have tied the game in like the last final minutes, I guess you could say. And um, the game ended 2-1 to Juventus. Overall, I think, uh, I think I heard from, or not heard, but I read a comment on YouTube. And it was saying from a Napoli fan, and um, overall all the fans like across of Italy, they're saying that a lot of the referees just favor Juventus. And like they win games fairly, but sometimes they just win games off of pure Ref. referee calls. Okay. Which I can see why, um, like they would say that, because this game was just kind of like one of those like it's kind of stupid calls from the referee. Like the referee wasn't really that good, but I don't know. I think I'll keep an eye on Juventus in like the next couple games just to see, like if that's actually right. Race. No, I think they're like sixteen points now, <laughs> like away from Napoli. Napoli. Napoli were second place. I saw. I saw the commentator. Napoli was, was saying, second. Yeah, Napoli's second. Oh. They're behind it six by sixteen points, and they were saying, "Oh, like if Napoli wins this, like there's a chance for any chance for a title race." There was no chance. Even if they would have won that, Juventus yeah. are still gonna go through and win the Serie A. It's super mm-hmm. ridiculous. Sixteen points. Like, that's really why I don't watch Serie A. It's kind of a snooze fest overall. Like Juve is gonna win the league with, um, like, every year. League on same thing. Yeah, league on same thing. Like I saw a lot of people were like saying PSG had a really exciting game. I'm like, I'm not gonna watch that. They're, like, mm-hmm. 17 points clear. Like, what's the point of really watching the league, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, really, the only fun teams, I feel like, are any probably in danger of relegation. Like, if there's a relegation battle. And then if you're a PSG fan, it's just kind of, like, blowing past teams for the most part. Yeah. I don't know. That's really why I don't really watch Sir- uh, League on, sorry. Mm-hmm. And then, as of recently, Syria. I think the closest league title was when Iguain was at Napoli, I believe. Yeah. Uh, and there was, like, two points separating Napoli and Juve, but Juve still ended up winning the league that year. 
But yeah, we're going to move on to Lazio versus Roma, which was the Rome derby. Ended 3-0 in Lazio's favor. Uh, Caicedo scored the first goal uh, by running the goalie, and the defense was basically just caught cold. They couldn't really catch up to him. He ran the goalie, scored the first one. Uh, Immobile scored from the spot to make it 2-0. Um, the penalty happened because Correa uh, ran into the box, and Fazio brought down Correa. In my opinion, I thought it should have been a red card for Fazio. Mm-hmm. Because it was last man. it was He was one-on-one against the goalie. And Fazio brought him down. He kind of clipped his, I guess, heel. His, like, dragging leg. And so he clipped him. It was a penalty. In my opinion, it should have been a red. Because otherwise, he, it would have been a 1v1 chance against him. Or it was a 1v1 chance against the goalie. And he would have had the opportunity to shoot, but he was brought down. So I think it should have been a red. But the third goal came from good link on play from Immobile, Milinkovic, Savic, and uh, Kadalti uh, to finish it off. And it was a really nice goal. But I think uh, Olsen... Uh, the Swedish keeper. I think he should have done a lot better. He got a hand to it, but it just wasn't enough to keep the ball out. Mm-hmm. And then in the final minutes, Kolarov got sent off for body checking a player, which is typical like Kolarov, you know, like the hard headed, I guess. Mm-hmm. And uh, he received a second yellow in the final minutes of the game to get red carded, and uh, he was sent off. So yeah, that was basically it. It was some good games in Serie A. Overall, if you're a Lazio fan, uh, you're pretty happy. It's a good way to get revenge on Roma. And then if you're a Juve fan, you're you're at the top of the league. There's really no difference in there. But if you're a Napoli fan, a little disappointing to see Insigne, uh, the club captain, mm-hmm. to uh, miss the penalty. All right, and so we're going to wrap it up really quick because we're going to try to catch the Champions League game so that we can talk about it for you guys. Uh, today we're going to be having Real Madrid versus Ajax. Real Madrid leads 2-1, and it's going to be at the Santiago Bernabeu. Um, and then uh, also today is going to be Dortmund versus Tottenham Hotspur. That's going to be... Uh, at the Signal Iduna Park uh, in Germany. Mm-hmm. Dortmund are currently 3-0 down, so Spurs are most likely to go in for the next round. Um, and then tomorrow, on Wednesday, is going to be Porto versus Roma. Uh, Roma leading 2-1, and it's going to be in, in Portugal, in uh, Porto Stadium. And then, uh, also tomorrow, PSG versus Man United. PSG currently leading 2-0, and it will be at the Parc des Princes. So... That's going to be an exciting fixture. But I do think that you said that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is bringing like academy players and youngsters to the game. So he's basically giving up on the Champions League, right? I guess. What I, got. I don't know if that's true. I didn't look at the, what's it called, like the team that's going to Paris. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. We'll see tomorrow how that goes. But we're going to try to catch the Real Madrid, Ajax, Dortmund, Tottenham today. So we're just going to wrap this up really quick. Make sure to follow us on Instagram, Football Around the World Podcast. Mm-hmm. And um, just give us some feedback. Give us some comments. Send us DMs. Tell us what you want to talk. What you want us to talk about. And uh, yeah, that's basically it. Anything else you want to say before we wrap it up, real quick, Jose? No, that should be it. Um, we'll be back on Thursday. Friday. Thursday we will record and Friday podcast. Will yeah, be so our podcast will be posted on Friday. Friday. This podcast is going to be going up on Wednesday. So, correct. Correct. All right. So this podcast will be going up on Wednesday. So just give us any feedback. Yeah, that's basically it. Thanks for listening.